Hello, beautiful humans. My name is Darius. Your name is probably whatever your parents named you. And you are listening to episode 227 of the Heart to Mouth podcast. On today's podcast, we are diving headfirst into three very taboo, very risque. Is that how you use risque? I've never used that word before. I'm pretty sure I nailed it three areas that people usually aren't so keen to talk about in public settings well we dive into all three now actually there's a fourth in there a bonus one for you and it was cool i learned things i shared things i got awkward my guests got awkward and we laughed we laughed a lot i hope you like this podcast as much as i did it was a lot of fun And here we go. And no twerking in the chair. We've established that. Nope, no banging on tables. Yeah, no saying cool shit unless we're recording. I say cool shit often so we better start recording good because i hit the record button (laughs) perfect amazing i saw i saw (laughs) i I saw your face like (laughs) oh i actually just thought what did i say the last 30 seconds to make sure that i didn't say anything incriminating no you definitely didn't talk about looking at pictures of people's poops that didn't happen (laughs) or vibrating or the vibrator around your neck (laughs) no 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 we like i need some (laughs) freedom to explain that (laughs) um before you explain that Mm. why don't you tell people your name my name is jessica moforth and why don't you tell people how your mom would describe what you do for a living Ooh, interesting i think my mom is still trying to figure that out because everybody's mom is is the truth very true my parents they're not surprised at all but they're still like my daughter is interesting when they're describing me. Um, I am just passionate about holistic health as a whole, especially no, when no, I'm no, 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 no. How would your what's your mom's name? Anne. How would Anne? She talks about women and their bodies and sexuality and nutrition and periods. <gasps> I like it. I like it. I've never asked anyone that question, but I'm I, I want to from now on. And she would have this look on her face like. I think she's crazy, but she loves it and she's passionate. So we just kind of sit back and watch. High five for <laughs> Anne. I like it. I Anne's like pretty it. dope. Um, how would you describe what you do? Okay, so we'll go back to the holistic. Holistic health is Hold just... Hold on, before we do that, yeah. can you eat the mic a little? I can definitely There eat we the go. Way better. Way better. better. Yeah. Perfect. Go. Um, I love everything to do with holistic health. I look at it as a lifestyle, not just as nutrition. So I am a registered holistic nutritionist, but I've kind of fell and just got really fell in love with and got fascinated with women's health and the power that we have in our bodies and our hormones and menstrual cycles and sexuality. And it all started with the fascination of knowing that women have the ability to create life. And if we have that ability what else can we create? And that ability comes from our menstrual cycle. And 
speaking from personal experience in North America, there's a lot of shame and disgust and all that junk around periods and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, hmm, something that happens and is so natural and is the creator of life, we're told is gross and inconvenient and shameful. Like, this fascinates me. That and throw in some sexuality and you've got me for hours. So it's interesting because this is going to sound weird, but I'm just going to say it. Um, It's like from my understanding of you, there's three areas that you're comfortable talking about and you spend time building knowledge and uh, your, your skills in that all three fall into that category of you shouldn't talk about it. It's taboo. And you're like, fuck it. Oh, if you tell me not to talk about it, I'm like, I'm learning everything about it and telling everyone. Do you know the three I'm thinking of? Women? No. All right. I'm going to learn. Menstrual, them. specifically. Oh, menstrual. Yeah, like the menstrual cycle, we're, we're taught not to. And you're spending so much time and energy. And it seems like really helping women and men because mm-hmm, you've helped sure. me see it differently. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the second one I was going to say is? Menstrual cycle sexuality? Yeah. Yeah. I love sexuality. Do you know the third one I was going to say? I don't know. Here's a clue. Okay. We were just talking about it pre-podcast. We were talking about so many things. There's one that's stinky. Poop! (laughs) (laughs) You're not allowed to talk about poop. (laughs) That's true. Everyone's so afraid of poop. Um, I, I, it's something that, and that's something really cool that you can look at poop as well as a menstrual cycle. If you are a woman is that is your daily and monthly report card. Like when you poop every day, that tells you what is actually happening on your insides and can actually steer you in the direction of where you need to go nutritionally. Like if you're sitting there and your poop looks like soft ice cream or you're sitting there for 30 minutes and it's coming out like rabbit pellets and you're straining, there's problems. People are like, your, po- your poop should float. It should be dark brown, light brown, all these things. Can you just give, give me a second to catch up? Because <laughs> this of the three areas, this is the one I uh, still makes me a little squeamish. Do menstrual cycles still make you squeamish? Mm, no. Cool, but it's funny because you don't get a menstrual cycle. Yeah. And it doesn't make you squeamish, but you poop, I'm hoping, every day. Yeah. And that makes you squeamish. I don't know if it makes me squeamish. I think there's like residual shame from, I don't even know where it came from, but like I would, I still get poo. Uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> because these are the words that just came out of your mouth. I, I still get poo. <laughs> <laughs> I still have challenging moments where if I'm traveling, mm-hmm. sometimes I won't poop for like three, four days. Mm-hmm. That's not uncommon. You're not alone. Okay. You're not alone I for f- sure. I feel better. And then like the moment I get back towards home, I'm like, everything feels like it's moving again. <laughs> and you probably need to like light something in that bathroom afterwards too. Yes, but that's just my regular protocol. <laughs> a little Palo Santo. <laughs> Good to way. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleans out all those demons. So did you know we were going to talk about poop? I definitely didn't. Good. Um, why did you agree to be on this podcast? 
because you are a wicked human being and I know that conversation with you is always going to be a fun time. So I was like, why not spend a Monday afternoon with Dee talking about some sort of crazy shit. But you had, you had no clue what we were going to talk about. No. I know that because I had no clue what we were going to talk about. But I did know it was going to be dope. Okay, cool. So I just figured I'd trust the process and see what happened. What do you want people that have no clue who you are, mm-hmm. one thing you want them to know about you? One thing that I am so in love with love that I want to emanate that when you hear me speak and meet me so that you leave feeling more love for who you are as a wicked human as well for the love that you have to give to the other humans in your life. Dope. So you alluded to hear me speak. Say more things. Where Where is this speaking happening? <laughs> I am speaking tomorrow night at Speaker Slam, my first time ever public speaking, and I'm talking about my story, which is uh, the deeper side of my story, a little bit more intense, and yeah, I decided my first speaking (laughs) engagement is going to be one, a competition, two, in front of hundreds of people, and three, in front of a panel of judges. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know what Speaker Slam is, you need to crawl out from underneath the rock that you've been hiding. Speaker Slam is, I would say, the fastest growing speaker platform in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, It's currently 300 people-ish, not to scare you, Jess. And it happens once a month. And there are 12 contestants, four judges, Six and ten, ten contestants. What? Okay, ten contestants, four judges, six minutes and six minutes. You can go up to six thirty, but if you go over six thirty, you're you're disqualified. I think it's now just docked points, depending for every three seconds. When I did it, you got disqualified. One second (laughs) over, you are out. And so, past winners of Speaker Slam have got book tours and got international tours with other speakers like Liz Gilbert. I see your like eyes lighting up. You're like, D shut the fuck up. So part of me is like, D shut the fuck up and D tell me more. Cause I am pumped. I, f- I know I was gonna say, I feel like, but I know that I have a story that can impact a lot of people. Um, and as much as it may not be easy to necessarily always talk about or hear, um, I think it's something that, like you said at the beginning of this podcast, is I tend to like to talk about the things that we're told not to talk about because it's triggering. Um, where I view that differently, where I just find a fascination in being a little bit more taboo and talking about those things. But I also take great pleasure in triggering people because I feel like I'm contributing or giving them the tools or the space to grow. Yeah, so you're shit, dur- shit disturbing with a purpose. Shit disturber with a purpose. I dig it. Yeah, I like I like it too. Um, have you ever told you about Rada? No. Rada, not that I know them. I'm speaking about them like I know them the way I speak about Obama all the time. Uh, Rada and Mickey Argala, I, they're twins from Montreal. Okay. They're going to be on this podcast. They don't know it yet, but they will. And uh, they grew. You'd actually fucking love them. I can't believe I didn't tell you about them. I always mix them up because they're twins and they look identical. And they. I'm a twin too, so it feels like there's like some of these like connections. You're a twin. I am. Did I know that? I don't remember. My twin though is much taller and comes with different appendages than I do. 
so we're not identical. Oh, Thank okay. God I knew you had a. Okay, I was, I was, I was like, for a second, I'm like, she has a penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah, so these ones have the same appendages. Cool. And uh, they are some of the coolest um, entrepreneurs. Forget female entrepreneurs, just entrepreneurs. I have come across in a long time and I'm proud because they're Canadian, but they live in New York city now. And I think they're like 38, 40 years old. They grew. And I'm just going to say they, cause I always forget which one did which did okay. because they're so integrated as well. But like, um, thinks, do you know the thinks brand? Mm-mm. Uh, I don't know a lot about it, but I think I've seen it. So she has the same DNA strand as you disruption she loves it she goes into areas and she goes into two of the areas exact areas that you love okay she went into the menstrual area Mm -hmm. and she said this is stupid that you're not allowed to talk about women's menstrual cycles Mm -hmm. and that we're fucking polluting the world right so she created reusable underwear that's comfortable for women that's wicked and then created an educational thing to like go out and and like talk about it and she new york city said no you can't put these ads in the you can't say period on an ad and she said fuck you right you know what they do in new york and all over is they have ads that show these pads with a little blue drop and every woman looks at that going Oh, that is, is hella that confusing what, for men because yeah. we're like, do women bleed, bleed blue? blue and like one drop yeah. and all of a sudden everything's perfectly clean and we're dancing around our bedrooms and feeling all hella great. Yeah. Sometimes, yes, minus the blue part, but <laughs> a lot of times, no. And that's very real and okay. And it should be talked about. Like I said, it's what creates babies. Without a menstrual cycle, we wouldn't have humanity. And periods are badass and she agrees with you and she created a company that now is worth over a hundred million dollars good for her she deserves that then she got kicked out of that company because oh. she's too disruptive apparently there's a whole article <laughs> there's I read. yeah she got kicked out of her own company not unlike steve jobs started a second company and she got kicked out while she was like six months pregnant started a second company there's a sexual um harassment allegation of her in that company or misconduct started a second company in the midst of that while six months pregnant called tushy i love it have you heard tushy no it's holy fuck the similarities are blowing my mind tushy is another one we're like why can't people talk about poop we all poop and she created this like really cheap really effective bidet that you can add to your toilet which is not unique in and itself. Mm-hmm. The unique part was the ad. No, I've never seen an ad for a bidet, first of all. No, maybe. Hers were hilarious. Like admitting we all poop, get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the elephant in the room of like, you know, if you, a, a bird shat on your car, you wouldn't take tissue and wipe it. <laughs> You'd w- get water and clean it <laughs> off. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, she addressed, and then she had the same problems with the New York City um, uh, Metro Ad Department, and they're like, "You can't say poop," and she's like, "Fuck off." So if it's human, don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I love human beings way too much not to talk about it. Why? Why? Because I'm a human, and I feel like we are all connected on an energetic level, but as individual gifts to 
bring different awareness and impacts to the world. And it just makes me feel like when we actually talk about things that are human, it helps remind us that we are all one and connected and together and that nobody's alone. So why do we go around masquerading like we're not human and connected? Because I think it scares people that the things that they do and think and be impact other people and and we live in this thing that tells us we're not good enough and compare ourselves to other people and we get so stuck in what we don't have or believe we aren't that it just feels very segregating, which pulls us away, which, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I feel like I can say anything on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, is I think that we're also a little bit mind-fucked by a lot of television and media and that type of stuff because they don't want you to talk about periods in a positive way, sex in a positive way, um, poop in a positive way because if all of a sudden we start being happier, healthier humans, well, there's going to be a lot less money in things like pharmaceutical drugs that Mm. support people trying to go poop every day or people that suffer with severe depression and anxiety. Um, Because they're totally contributed. Or how about Midol or Tylenol for period cramps? Or how about the amount of money that a woman needs to spend on a regular basis for chemically absorbed tampons and pads that should not be up a woman's vagina in the first place? But we're not taught about those things. And then all of a sudden we're dealing with vaginal health issues, which then also makes a lot more money to different pockets and and then we're told it's our bodies not the things that are happening to our bodies and yet we're not properly educated to make the choices to better our bodies so if first of all we can also talk about vaginas in the sense that when you look at a woman or a woman looks at her own body she thinks she's naturally just looking at her vagina i love you and that's your vulva you know what i mean so even stuff like that i think there's a branding issue here Vulva is not as brandable as vagina. And mm. pussy, which is my preference. Because it sounds juicy and peachy and delicious. Yes. After, what was her name? Mama Gina's a pussy, a reclamation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was a very triggering word. That's a very for triggering sure. word, pussy. Yeah. Right? And for, but it's triggering for multiple reasons. Multiple, depending on whether it's a man saying it to a man and all of a sudden it makes it weak, which to me, I'm like, the pussy is the strongest thing on this planet. Yeah, but like referring to a woman's body part as a pussy also can be very, yeah. So it's like, but that's why I love that book because like a woman who's at the forefront of this, who has like a school for the sexual arts and trains women all over the world is like, yo, we need to reclaim that power. In the pussy. But I'm curious. This is the question I would ask her when she says we need to reclaim it. Mm-hmm. Am I a part of that? We? Yes. Okay. But mm. if I like, how do I reclaim it? Like I could do that with my partner or maybe you, but like, I can't just go around referring to like with, you know what I mean? Like that's like, that's, that's dynamite. And you can also look at it as something that like I push boundaries in all of these conversations we're having and I come from a certain intention. Like there's things that I could even say that even though I know that I have a great intention that if I'm not actually grounded in my intention can come across 
not okay. So I think would you just walk up to a woman and say, I love your pussy? Probably yeah, not like, unless you, you, you know her. Also, like if you said that to me, I could, I know what you mean and it would still even be. But in general, you shouldn't walk to anybody. Anyone. Like, like if someone just came up to me and like, I love like, your penis. Right. Like, no. But I think that if you walked up to a woman or if a woman walked up to a man and just said, I think you're a wicked human and what you bring as a woman to this world is powerful or what you bring as a man or whoever you identify with because there's a lot of But you, um, you stayed away from the word. I think like if I was referring to not someone's pussy, but pussy, mm-hmm. it it still could be deeply triggering. I think I would have to hear you give me more examples of um, context because I wouldn't come up and be like, well, maybe I would. Like, bro, I dig your bicep. Like, it's just very specific. So I would have to know. Like, yeah. give me, give okay, me an so example. Okay, so if I was like, um, what did we just say? We just referred to it. Uh, like the difference you know, you were talking about, yeah, vagina. And I was saying vagina... They're all three words have some challenges. I would love for there to be a movement that reclaims pussy as a like, man, you're strong as a pussy. As opposed to you're you're such a big pussy, right? It's like you are such a rock star pussy. And I've said that to multiple people when I hear them say you're such a pussy in the negative way. I'm like, you can call me a pussy any day of the week. Yeah, it's it's like it's it needs to compete against you've got balls. Yeah. Yeah. Lady balls. Yeah. Ovaries. No, but not lady balls. <laughs> right? That's the thing. I see what you mean. Yeah. It's still owned by a man. Right. So I, I saw something online today that I'm just going to say it. I thought it was a little ridiculous. And what was it? So you, if you heard about the terrible shooting massacres happening in the States, uh, yep. I read a tweet where someone referenced Latinx. Have you ever seen this before? I have not. This is the first time I've ever seen it, and it created a whole kerfuffle with both sides of the political spectrum being like, what the, what are you talking what about? What is it? Latino okay. is the masculine. Masculine, yeah. Not really, but that's what they're claiming. Okay. It's like, I guess people who write woman versus, but like with the man crossed out like the, there's a you know like the word man is in woman right they're trying to say the word the, the masculine is in latino so they're writing latin x because it's not latina and when you refer oh, yeah no, i understand what you're saying when you're referring to it in a non uh gender way right and both sides of the political spectrum, like the right side is, what are you guys doing? Right. Like, why are you referring to it like this? And then the like Latinos are chiming in. They're like, I have never heard of this. This seems like white people trying to like tell us that we're not, you know, like it just seemed really weird. It seems very weird to me. And even with the, like having the word man or men in woman or women, um has never offended me i like i don't personally identify with offense in that way i feel like when it comes to oh thank you you're welcome (laughs) um i feel like when it comes to that kind of stuff is women's empowerment is like at the foundation of what i love and want to talk about but it doesn't make me love men any less or want to compete against men. I love men. I think men 
are so powerful and dynamic and add so much value to other men's lives, women's life, um, that when we start doing stuff like that, it feels like it's me against you where I don't want to empower you to be better than men or whatever. I want you to be powerful. If I'm speaking to you in this format, you're probably a woman or identifying as, and I want to empower you to be the best woman for who you are as a woman. I don't want to empower you to be a woman so that you can then go take out men or hate on men or be better than like that just makes my skin want to crawl I think, off. I think that's a really, I think that's the problem there. There's people acting like there's a hundred units of success. Mm. And if men had 80 of them and women had 20, now if we give women 20 more or 30 more and it's 50, 50 men feel like they're, they just lost 30 points right. or percentage where I think the truth is there is an infinite amount of success. Yes. We're not competing against each other. We're competing right. against ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, what would you say to men? I've had this conversation with men. At the Grand Slam, Speaker Slam, Grand Slam, my talk up until like the last week was about this topic. Mm. It was completely different very controversial but the thesis was pussy is power love it and it was everything we're talking about about this and there's a jokey funny part in the beginning of like i've been deep undercover <laughs> at yoga retreats and at meditation things and at ecstatic dance and at learning about sage and learning about all of this these these feminine energy things mm-hmm. and i after all of that time, I've discovered that pussy is power. Yeah, there's so much power there. and But that doesn't take away from any of the power within a man. So here's the... I did a test with a few men. Okay. And men that were like very transparent and honest. Okay. And... The feedback was really fascinating because they're like, okay, I get it. I understand. Yeah, Me Too's happening. All this stuff's happening. But why would we give up our power? Like we've we've worked so hard. It's very like confidential conversations, right? Like when no one's looking because you can't say that in public. Right, no. (laughs) But like like, honestly, dude, like we're in a good position here. Interesting. Why would we give up power mm-hmm. to anyone else? And it's the same thing happening with like immigration in the States, right? Like we have this thing. We mm-hmm. took this land from these people and now it's ours. Mm-hmm. And you want other people to come and take this thing from us. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to that when men are like, we're in a great position of privilege. Why would we share that? Okay. So this is just my opinion. Um, one, I would say that they are a little bit stuck in their ego, maybe not a little bit, maybe quite a bit. Uh, it has nothing to do with them actually giving up power. And that's one thing that I think as human beings, we all need to pay more attention to is that there is an infinite source of everything whether it's money, love, 
whether it's emotional, spiritual, or physical, there is an abundance of it all for everyone. And that includes power. And where power gets fucked up is when it is the ego that's controlling the power as opposed to identifying your ego, utilizing it um, as it needs to serve you in certain areas, um, but not allowing it to control you, especially in the part of you that is creating power. Um, So if we actually look at how we can build other people, watch what shifts inside of you. So if those specific men were looking at this as we would be giving power away, therefore they're actually coming from a place of lack Mm. and they're coming from a place of, um, what is, what is the other word? Scarcity. Thank you. Scarcity where they're afraid that they will then be less. Well, if they then raised up other men or raised up women, they wouldn't actually lose power. They would gain power because then you've got two powerful sources that have been elevated that can then come together to create something that would not have actually been created as their individual, no offense, bro, but weaker power sources. Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of how I, I look like that, at that. Because you're, I think you're seeing it through the lens of partnership or community. Yeah. And together we're stronger. Yes. And that's human beings are always stronger together. Mm. Yes, we need time on our own to kind of recalibrate and breathe and ground. And I think that we need that more now than um, before because we are triggered by so many different things like <laughs> the new five, um, 5G G, or yeah, whatever yeah, coming yeah. in well, 4G and all the LTE and all those things that come in and social media and garbage in our food and lack of sleep and overwork and all this stuff that we don't take time to actually ground, which I think is what actually disconnects us from other people, which is why we are so stuck on hoarding our own power, our own privilege, Mm. where there would be a lot more privilege for everybody whether it's male and female and cultural and everything is if we actually got our heads out of our own asses and recognize that there actually is the availability to be not just for one but for all Mm. on the topic of privilege yeah curious what your thoughts are on it they can't see your face, but I will describe it in vivid, vivid <laughs> detail. She squirmed. And Privilege cur- in what way? So ask me a specific, like. No, that's the question. I love Privilege. when people try to get me. You know who else did that? <laughs> Armin. Ask me in a different, different way. And I'm way. like. No, bro. No. That's the question. I think there is a lot of privilege. And I think that needs to kind of stop, um, especially with like what's going on in the U.S. And I think that it's definitely impacting other people. Um, what do you mean it's got to stop? How do you stop? Okay, privilege? so with privilege, you're right. Good question because you can't. Um, do you think you hold privilege? Yes. What privilege do you hold? White woman. Woman? Mm-hmm. Interesting. In de- depending on the situation. So actually, that's, that's funny that that came out of my mouth because most people actually 
hmm, this is very interesting. And the fact that it just came out of my mouth without me actually Mm -hmm. preconceiving having that happen is I love being a woman and Mm -hmm. I actually know the power of being a woman. So in my world, absolutely, is it privileged? Do I feel privileged of being a woman? And maybe this is why I mentioned a twin is I have a twin brother and I am so grateful that I got blessed with a female one, like, or me being the female. Um, and I'm sure he's grateful for being the man, but I love being a woman and I wouldn't change it for anything. So I can see to me why that is a privilege. Yeah. But I think it's a privilege when you understand the power of a woman and you embody that. Um, and maybe people think I'm nuts, but I definitely see privilege in being a woman. In some situations, maybe not, but I identify that quickly because I can I can feel it in myself, which then I find that once I actually take that moment to breathe and ground in who I am as woman, um, the, the, nah, those men don't have <laughs> what they have coming. So Sorry, it's just kind of like that. Is, no, it's interesting. I saw, I saw you squirm. Mm-hmm. I've seen Jen squirm, my partner. Mm-hmm. Jen is yeah. a white woman. Mm-hmm. And I uh it's it's an it's a very nuanced place. This did not exist a couple of years ago. Mm. The conversation at least. I'm not saying privilege didn't exist. Obviously privilege has been around from the beginning. Right. Um literally from the beginning. I never thought about that. If you were a man, you were just bigger and stronger. <laughs> And so cavemen, unless it's a myth, were smashing women in the heads <laughs> and <laughs> taking them to have sex with them, mm-hmm. right? So there was a privilege from the very beginning of time. Um, someone's going to correct me on that caveman thing because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm pulling it from some cartoon or something. <laughs> but um, the conversation is very new. And Jen gets squirmy too. She gets like, because it's like, and I get squirmy because I have privilege as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most obvious one being I'm a man. Right. You know, so I've been like, well, why the fuck do I feel like certain conversations? Like, oh, my God, I put my foot in my mouth like. Ugh. And then there's like this newfound guilt that never existed before mm-hmm. with privilege. And so I, I've had to do a lot of thinking around it. And I'm like, I don't think it makes any sense to be guilty about how I was born. Or if I was born into a family or I was born into like, we all have privilege living in Canada. Absolutely. So I think the purpose of privilege maybe is to share the opportunities you have with other people, mm-hmm. you know? So there's right. like, instead of being guilty about it and being small, you know, or being protective about it and being like, fuck off, this is mine. Right. I think there's some sort of bigger purpose to privilege. Right. It's, I guess, being intentional with your privilege that can then impact others that may not be as privileged. Yeah. It's like, but like for the first step in that is awareness that like, yo, I got really, yeah, I got lucky though, like just being in Canada and being a man and being able-bodied and being, uh, you know, like, um, a a whack of things that I am. Mm -hmm. Um, 
thank you for going down that path no with worries. me. Anything else you want to say on the topic of privilege? Um, and I think that what people there's things with privilege, and I know that a lot of people get triggered, and I've gotten triggered around the conversation as well. I think everybody has, is that just because we have privilege doesn't also mean that we don't go through stuff. And I think that's where a lot of the triggering and guilt and weirdness comes from. Is I can say that I'm definitely privileged. And that doesn't mean my life has always been easy. That doesn't mean that I haven't gone through anything. And when all of you listeners show up at Speaker Slam tomorrow to hear me speak, you'll hear some of the scary and yucky and not so nice things that I have gone through. Um, And then I can also say that I am privileged that I also reached out and had different modalities come into my life and um, I guess was raised in a certain way that I want to dig deeper into things that I came out of those yucky situations on top and it took time. But I think that when it comes to the other side of privileges, people are like, okay, I'm privileged, but I also have gone through stuff. So now how do I talk about things? Because where if we actually can identify that one, we're all human. We all have things that happen to us. Like everybody has a story and there is privilege and the sooner we can recognize that there is privilege, be able to help other people that are less privileged with our privilege, we are going to rise up as a whole and not as just separate living beings that some have privilege and some don't. Mm. I don't love that there is so much privilege going on right now and separation. Um, so that's what I meant by it needs to stop. And I think that where my mind went with that was the stuff that's going on in the States. Mm. Um, and and that goes for both race, which is disgusting, and women, which is disgusting. And all of the laws around abortion and what women can and cannot do with their bodies, to me, goes against all of the human rights, which then almost so- says that women are not actually as equal as human beings. Mm. And, and that's not okay. So like I said, it's kind of different, different areas in Canada because they do not live in a country that, um, or state cause it's in the States, but a country that does not tell me I can or cannot, I can make the choice what it is, whatever it is for myself. Um, I definitely feel privileged in that area as well, but I believe that women that don't live in countries like that can utilize their voice and really help other women that are because what people also don't know is they hear about the abortion laws and they just think okay this is just women that want to go and get pregnant recklessly and use it as a form of birth control and that's why there's a lot more supporters but what people don't know is if you actually dig into it all they are also people that have women that have miscarriages that then have to go through investigations to prove that they didn't contribute to the miscarriage. So if you and Jen got pregnant and she miscarries, God forbid, then all of a sudden she's being put under a microscope to see if something contributed. And if all of a sudden she they're deemed that she contributed, then that's life in prison. On top of life in prison, depending on the state, if they've got um, the death penalty... Well, that's first degree Seriously? murder. There, wow, they're going to prosecute like it's first degree murder. Well, that it, that's what it's identified as. That's fucking and the bonkers. doctor gets either not, I forget the number. It's either ninety or nine hundred, but wow. some a certain amount of years, which is essentially um, that. So 
I have a question for you. Yeah. These very powerful, very wealthy, mostly men. Old white men. Yeah. That are in a position to make these changes like the abortion laws or uh, make new changes to racial policies and uh, immigration policies and all sorts of stuff. Why does it seem like, at least for me, that they're never satisfied with how much power they have? They're now trying to take power away from women that they don't know. You know, like, why do the people that sometimes, in my head at least, have the most um, approach life with the most scarcity? Um, I think they're probably afraid of the uncertainty. Um, I think there's probably a lot of deep wounded pain. That's one thing I could say by going through my own struggle in my life is to also still have love and compassion for humanity as a whole, even when they are not doing nice things. So with those people that you just spoke about. Like, for example, Trump. <laughs> yep. Billionaire. Right. You know, like has tremendous power. Trump is not a happy man. You cannot look at that man as happy. I would bet money that man has gone through a ton of trauma in his life that has created an addiction to power and pain. Yeah, because it never ends with him. It never he ends. He needs more and more right. and more. And if that, there's probably such a deep fear of losing control that he is literally desperate in the way he needs to literally take it. I feel like the man emotionally rapes every situation that he enters. Mm. And and that's another thing about the whole bo- abortion thing is if a woman gets raped and gets pregnant, that still counts as abortion illegal. That is fucked that up. That is fucked yeah. up and and not acceptable and I think that there's there's a lot of people that have the fear of the unknown. If all of a sudden women have more power, we don't know what that necessarily is going to look like because women haven't had the type of power that men have in, well, forever. So we don't know what that looks like. Therefore, we're afraid of it. Mm. Um, a lot of pain, like I said, hurt people hurt people. So if you can send, I know this is going to sound weird, have some form of love and compassion for the five-year-old Donald Trump that probably went through some form of emotional disaster to at least help you open the listening because I believe that once you come from that place, it will then give you the power place to then create a different conversation where you can collectively come together with other people and that's going to create a shift. And I say that not because I love Donald Trump. I have love for his pain because hate doesn't heal hate. Hmm. And energetically, I will not give Donald Trump my hate because that takes from me. And he's got enough of it. And he (laughs) does not need another drop because that man is a sore, sore man. So uh, I want to I want to pivot a little bit from Donald Trump and abortions (laughs) to what are you most looking forward to in this moment? This moment here with you, or this moment of just right, you right now. There's yep. something that has got you the most excited. Ah, passion. I feel like I was 
yeah, I was born with passion. Passion runs through my blood. And when you get me on a topic that I'm passionate about, it's hard to shut yeah, me up. I think that's why your hair's red. Yeah. You're full I of fire. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So what's got you? Mo- and it could be something small. It could be like I discovered this new pen and it's just I'm just OK. Tell the people what you're pointing at. Okay, so first I'll tell you what has got me riled right now is is my love. As much as I definitely go more to, actually I don't. I speak more, I think, because identify with it as because I am a woman um, with woman empowerment and confidence and self-love and pleasure that way, uh, which is what I'll tell you about what I'm pointing at now. But human connection, I love it. I love human connection and hu- love for humanity, which is why I also stand so strong for men because we need you. You know what I mean? Not because we aren't good enough as women, but we need you as men the same way you need us as women because we need each other, not because we are less than without. So tell me one sentence. What is the thing? The thing? That's got you most excited in 2019, August the 5th, at 6.30 p.m. I, it could be silly. It could be big. It could be ambitious. There's one thing that you're emotionally like so excited about. It can be a date. It could be a book. It could be anything. So right now I'm hella excited to share my message tomorrow on stage at Speaker Slam. Yes. Um, and really spread love and forgiveness and courage because that is what I stand for within both men and women. That if we stand up together and connect, that we will be more powerful than anything you have ever seen on this planet. And I wear a vibrating necklace around my neck right now, which is what you giggle at. But hold on. Is it a totally vibrating necklace or is it a necklace that's a vibrator? It's a necklace that's a vibrator, vibrator that's a little incognito that you wouldn't just look at it no it looks like so cool it looks like a long bullet yeah but it's totally a vibrate it's meant to be that it even has the word desire written on it um and i have it for two reasons one i'm not actually 100 percent pro vibrator i think that women really need to learn their bodies and self-pleasure with their hands and feel different things and a lot of times vibrating can also desensitize the clit and different parts of the vagina which i'm not about okay yeah so i'm when it comes to me and self-pleasure i'm very much like let's really learn our bodies with our hands and and that kind of stuff so the reason why i have a vibrator is it's just a reminder of pleasure and play um, so when I feel stressed out, I can just grab it and, and it just reminds Finish that me, sentence. right? Hold on. I can grab it in many ways and do what? And do what? Just um, I can hold just either it hold and, it. Okay. You can even turn it on and it just will help change your vibration in my hand. It doesn't have to be on any sort of erotic area of my body. Um, it can be, but you could just hold it and it just will naturally help shift your vibration. I'm so because curious it's awareness. how many people have bought this necklace because it's so nicely designed and had no clue that it's right. actually a and vibrator. the better part of that is i did not buy this it was actually given to me by another powerful woman um who's in the same field of women's empowerment and sexuality she's a sexologist and i just think her energy is super badass that it also reminds me of her and it's kind of like women connecting to our pleasure and play and power um and i'm it just yeah it really reminds me of who i am as a woman and just be I, that, so. I love that. I love Thank that. It's you. multi-purposed yeah. and full of passion. And nobody needs to know unless I choose to tell them what exactly so it is. It's a, a little secret. Yeah. We got a couple minutes left. I want to know a couple things. Okay. Number one, if there's a spectrum between excited and I'm going to throw up nervous. Yep. 
where are you right now with regards to your talk? So I'm only speaking on the excited because it is playing on the same energetic level. So you are 100% excited and not nervous at all. There is 100% from head to toe nerves for sure. Okay. And I'm choosing in this moment moving forward to only claim them as excitement because nervousness and excitement is the exact same thing. The only difference is a choice. So And a breath. And a breath, yes. Take a breath and it's like basically it's, the same physiological That's what I need experience. to remember tomorrow when I'm speaking is to mm. breathe because I can speak hella quick. Yeah, uh, I, I've got to go to a couple of um, very, very expensive uh, speakers intensives mm. as a photographer. And I got to see the coaches and hear like three day workshops, like very expensive and breathe. Like, so that's your biggest tip for me for tomorrow? Is my biggest three. tip. What number are you? Three. Three. That's a great number. I love it. Yeah. That's a really great number. Um, yeah. Because you're going to, you're not first. First is really tough. Mm -hmm. uh, last is a good space too, but like you got to like have the energy the whole night. Three, you'll have time to enjoy the night too. Um, take a couple of deep breaths on the side of the stage before you go up. Mm -hmm. Take land like let your feet like you don't need to the mistake people make is they go and then just start mm. and you actually are a little out of breath from the walk from the side of the stage to the front of the stage right nobody is gives a fuck if you take a few extra seconds i need to you know sorry to cut you off but you know what makes me the most nervous tomorrow is that when i get nervous i smile or giggle. Oh, that's great. No, it's not great because what I'm talking about is not um, at that point anyways, smiley or giggly. So when I go out and I, I look at the audience and they're all looking at me, naturally, I'm going to want to smile at you. I disagree. You can't smile. People will recognize the nervousness behind it if it's a nervous smile. Right. Okay. If you're just like angry, it'll be hard to connect to you. Okay. If you're open, the, sometimes the smile, the nervous smile is more open than just completely serious, okay. right? Because my first line is pretty like... Don't tell me. I want to be surprised. I want to be surprised. I'm going to be surprised. I'm so excited for your talk. I'm mostly going for you. Oh, yay. Um, and I've invited a couple people too. So, Thank but you. Walk up. Mm -hmm. Wait. Mm -hmm. Get your composure. Get your grounding. Take a breath. Yes, that exactly. And then find the joy in the breath. <sighs> and just remember the incredible blessing you have to have a stage in a place where every single human there is rooting for you. Right. That's it's rare. It's rare. People one people are so so socially awkward. We don't want you to do bad. Right. Everybody if you feel energy and I know you do and you believe in energy, mm -hmm. everybody's energy and especially the judges, because I was a judge recently, we actually want you to do more, better than the, the audience. Right. We're all just like, oh, Together. you got this. You know, no one is like, oh, fuck her. <laughs> so like, just. I don't like her. Yeah. Genes. So take it in. You have all this love radiating. And it's like the most kind, receptive audience, especially Speaker Slam, especially for women, especially for women talking about like serious topics. Right. There's so much love. Everybody there loves you. Everybody this was there. like the perfect time. Like you literally messaged me what yesterday and said you want to come over tomorrow and do a podcast. 
and tomorrow's speaker slam. Like this was not planned. Not only was the podcast not planned, but the topics that we're going to talk about definitely not planned. And it just kind of all fell into place to set me up for this. Like I feel like you just injected me with more power and energy. So thank you, fellow man, you, who's you are supporting welcome. a woman. Yeah. So we could do better I, together. Absolutely, community and partnership, right? Yeah. You, you're. You're. It's a. It's a. Even when you don't win, you win at Speaker Slam. Mm-hmm. There's sure. like, there's like, it's actually an illusion that something can go wrong. Right. I've seen people completely forget their lines. And this one woman at the Grand Slam who was like trying to do the entire thing in poetry, that's a mistake because if you miss one like rhyme, it's off. It's off she got three standing ovations. Wow. The crowd is so loving. Like there are people that were like, yo, I go to these things for like 20 years, different. She's like, I've never seen a crowd like this. Wow. She was like, we brought her back up. Like she came up and she did it again. She forgot her lines. We give it another standing ovation. Because it was probably less ovation. about the poetry and more about her no, story. No, it's just love. And it's just, so yeah. much love and support. Like everybody, even like the speakers are like, they're not competing. Most of them, they're like, the homies and they're like yo oh good job good you know like yeah, that's I, I, yeah. What we feel like too we're such a community and we all have love for each other and nobody wants to see anybody go up there and not do well because the thing is is for people that don't know what speaker slam is is you're actually speaking about your stories you're speaking about real life stuff you're not just making stuff up yeah so when you actually hear people share their stuff you want them to embody that and express that because you know that their story is going to land for somebody else that may not have understood that part of their story and chosen to embrace their strength in do, it. Do you see how, I don't think you noticed, but your tone there was amazing. There was elevation and drop, elevation and drop, right? Mm-hmm. That's the other big thing. Lots of people are like, mono. but it's like, it's, there's either mono or like this. And it just it's, keeps getting higher and yeah, higher and higher. It can't do that. It's like just bass, bass, more bass, more bass, more bass, more bass. Where you're right. like, I love the bass, but it's just too much. Right. You're screaming t- at t- me. Take a pause. And if you say something like that's a really important moment, just let, give, let, let, it, let it sink in. Yeah, let it sink in. And I'm just guessing based on your energy because you have so much fiery energy. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. That's great because you won't be monotone. You'll be like, oh. Ah. But slow it down every once in a while to let the next time when you build that base, right. just sink in. Right. I'm mostly sharing these things because I'm so excited for your talk. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it a lot. Last question. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me? I always have questions. Also, questions. never a question I've asked before. <laughs> hmm. What was your biggest takeaway from pussy reclamation? I can't even say the word. Reclamation? Thank you. Um... I didn't read the full book. It's at Jen's house, and I'm like reading page by page. You can also do audiobook if you if that makes it easier. I think I actually purchased the audiobook too. Um, okay, so if better question is what does the word pussy mean to you? Like when you say pussy power, and you know the power in it, I think we all have different views of what power truly means. Yeah. What do you like? How do you look at women and just pussy as a whole? that could support men and women that doesn't separate pussy is power because penis is power 
together they are infinite power <laughs> high five and that's all it is I'm, I'm not saying give your penis away and just dive into the feminine energy stuff which is different than the feminine biology stuff i hope mm-hmm. everyone understands that and i'm not saying vice versa either mm-hmm. i'm just saying for men guys there's a whole whack of power left on this table mm-hmm. you know where there's empathy and there's creative powers and there's healing powers that are all a part of the the pussy feminine energy vibes there's uh, uh collaborative energy vibes there's there's so much that the feminine energy stuff has the artistic stuff that men have said nah that's not for me i'm about drive and i'm about ambition i'm about moving forward and i'm about competition and i'm not cheating on that stuff either Mm-mm. i'm saying the best form of power is balance power mm-hmm. And kind of like we, and I know we're finishing up, so I feel like we're kind of gone the full cycle or full circle uh, to how we started, was talking about like human connection and having the three kind of separate, there's you, me, and then there's something that's being created. As you said, the power in pussy and the power in penis, you need the pussy and the penis, except for when you're going surgical, but the pussy and the penis together to create life. Mm -hmm. And life does not necessarily always mean a baby. That could be community, that could be business, that could be art, that could be dance, it could be anything you want that comes from creation. So if we can look at pussy, women, penis, men, and what we are capable of when we come together to create something that could not be created without each other. That's a great place to end the podcast. Yeah. Mic drop. We can't <laughs> drop the mics because they're planted on the table, but you get what I mean. Boom. Jess, thank you for saying yes. Always a pleasure. And uh, not knowing what the hell this is. I'm, I'm really happy you did. And good luck tomorrow. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Thank you for all the tips, having me here. And I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Okay. Guys, that is episode 227 of the Heart to Mouth podcast. I don't know. I get the numbers wrong all the time. It's a lot of consecutive days to be podcasting, but you know when I'll see you tomorrow. Later.